Prisoners of War Explosive Arcade Action. <laughs> Welcome to Nostalgia, a chronological exploration of every NES game released in North America. I'm Mike. I'm Sean. And I'm Joe. Guys, SNK back at it again with another arcade port, aka their bread and butter. But we haven't seen them in a minute. The last game they released was Baseball Stars. I'll remind you, an essential game. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I actually kind of needed you to, I was going to ask you to tell me which one it was, but um, it's just because I don't really associate SNK with, with sports games, so um, th- th- this seems more on brand. Yeah, I totally forgot that uh, we had a, an essential sports game. Yeah, we have uh, three now, if you're <laughs> counting, uh, my, you know, between Baseball Stars, Tech Mobile, and uh, if you count... Mike Tyson's Punch-Out as okay. a sports game. Yeah, well, it's Mike Tyson's Punch-Out, I remembered. I actually also forgot Tech Football was essential. <laughs> you Maybe you, you have an agenda. <laughs> I, I tune those I tune those episodes out. Yeah. Uh, SNK also, so far on the NES, has released Alpha Mission. I dare you to tell me one thing about that game. Um, it was about guns and shooting, likely. Uh, and there was definitely a hero. Okay, good call. Wasn't that the one that was also known as ASO Armored Scrum Object in Japan is a vertically scrolling shooter developed by <laughs> for arcades in 1985? You're so right. Um, and yeah, that's correct. It was a shmup. Uh, so, Sean, you could have just taken the easy guess and just guessed shmup. Sure. And uh, that would have been enough for me. But I appreciate the extra effort because you could argue that every ship in a shmup is the hero. Yeah, in somebody's <laughs> life. Right. Uh, And then they also released, uh, what do we have here? Iron Tank, The Invasion of Normandy. That was a cool game where you played in the tank. Oh, yeah. That was Kind of like the tank controls. Yeah. Fun stuff. Uh, Lee Trevino's Fighting Golf. Oh, yeah. Classic. Classic Classic Lee Trevino. And then just because I'm listing them all off, the only one that remains, Guerrilla War, which is um, in a lot of ways kind kind of similar to POW. Yeah. There's, it's a modern, it's modern warfare too. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. I mean, that was more of a like run and gun and this is a beat em up, but, uh, you know, the same style of, if that, you remember that one, Sean, that was the one that had like, you play as Fidel Castro in the non NES version. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> uh, I forgot. Yeah. We, we did make a big deal of all of the, uh, political, commentary that was just removed because nintendo had foresight and the biggest thing just being that snk all these games are arcade games as well so it's just they're not making original games for the nes they are just bringing over whatever's selling well in the arcades which is a honestly probably the best strategy by a uh, developer we've seen so far right if it's putting quarters in it it's probably worth making a a home console version of it, too. Yeah, you don't even have to really advertise as much. Everybody already knows what the game is, and they probably think it's just as good as uh, in the arcades before they buy it. So, uh, you know, you already got a consumer base. You cannot go wrong. (laughs) We've had a bunch of games where you rescue POWs. Now you finally play as one. Yeah, where are the rescuers? No. Why don't we get to just sit here now while, while another player rescues us? We're not some kind of, like, 
regular old POW. That's like true. we we save ourselves because they didn't check for explosives. If you and remember ex- from yeah, the beginning no, of the game. <laughs> I do remember from the beginning of the game. <laughs> okay. uh, it does have some cute cutscenes here and there, but just to uh, to jump right into the game, why not? I think we've done enough SNK backstory. POW, Prisoners of War. Uh, I, I don't know if you have to say both. I feel like you could just say one or the other. I'll probably just say POW from this point onwards. It's a beat-em-up game that takes place during the Cold War. Players control the POW who has broken free from their cell to fight their way through the uh, main base and eliminate the person who, or I guess like the person who's in charge of the whole war, right? It's like, <laughs> it's one thing to be like, this guy is, you know, the one who locked me up, but it sounds like you're like now going to escape jail and then take down an entire country. That is probably the funniest phrase. And like, <laughs> I, I'm here to take down the person responsible for the entire war. <laughs> like, who's the manager of this yeah. war? I'm going to take him down. I would like to speak to the manager <laughs> yeah. of this. He's the, He really is the Karen. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's true. I, I was going to say, I think that it's. Uh, it makes you wonder if maybe him becoming a prisoner of war was part of his plan. Like, that was, like, just to get him on the inside, and then he breaks oh, out. Oh, it was. Yeah. Is that is that canon? That's canon. If you let the uh, start screen uh, just linger for a bit, you get a PowerPoint presentation, <laughs> uh, like a, like an overhead projector has, like, some, some text, and, he, and there's, like, a guy that's describing, like, you're going to be a POW, you're going to do this. Well, there you go. I played this game. Yeah. <laughs> that's great it's like that, it's a movie trailer stuff though it right? is cool like, you know yeah just one problem he wanted to be caught you know like, <laughs> i love that he does I have like that. i'm looking at it now i love that he does have like the uh like the you're the elementary school overhead projector exactly you see it there <laughs> <laughs> So the plot of the game sounds pretty intense to me. How is the game from an intensity point of view? Like, you're alone in enemy ground. Is this a relentless onslaught of, like, you taking down enemies? And, uh, you know, we've seen a lot of other beat-em-ups try to simulate that arcade feeling. So what did you guys just feel about... I said intensity, but really just like the combat experience of the game. Well, I think it's funny that you that you start... You led with intensity because... Intensity was sort of like the buzzword I had the whole time for like things I wanted to talk about about this game, in the sense that like yeah, there's always enemies coming at you and and whatnot. Like there's you know there's always an on, onslaught, but something about it feels a little more like a little less reaction based than a lot of other like beat 'em ups I've played. Like I'm I'm thinking specifically of like um not the turtles game we played, the other one on the NES I used to play as a kid. Um, not not turtles. Double in Dragon. Time. No, no, another turtles game. Um, oh, oh. Um, not turtles in time. The second. Oh, turtles in time. Not turtles in time. Not the Super Nintendo. Whatever. It, turtles in time as well. I'm thinking of those types of games where they feel they feel like very actiony. Feels very like um, fast paced and like reaction based. Where this, I don't know. It moves a little slower and literally in the way it controls to me. Not necessarily like a horrible thing, but just it didn't feel like relentless action-packedness. <laughs> that's interesting that that's the way you describe it because um, I would say that um, at, compared to the last beat-em-up that we played, 
this feels more classically beat em up. And you know me, you know I have a very short memory and I can't remember the games that we play, but I forgot the name of the last beat em up that we played. Um, but like this one actually has like the sort of cadence and rhythm that I sort of associate with the beat em up genre and felt more like Turtles in Time than a lot of the beat em ups that we played so far. The last beat em up we played was Bad Street right. Brawler. And there it uh, is, yes. And there it is, yes. Okay. And that was, I would agree that this is a step up both in both in the combat and in the intensity, like the amount of enemies that they give you. I think my complaint is more of just like a a graphical one that I felt like everything could have just been zoomed in more. There's a lot of empty space on the screen and most of the action just had, you know, because it's melee combat, you don't need like a lot of space between enemies. So there's a lot of like walking to the enemy and, you know, there's not like they could throw the knife at you, but then they don't have a knife and some have guns. But for the most part, there's very little uh, to fill that space. And so I would have just brought everything in a little uh, closer, but in terms of, you know, the the waves of enemies and stuff like that it's all it's all like appropriately spaced i never felt like i was just like all right more of this more of that you know they, they shake it up every now and yeah, again yeah I, I i sort of agree and sort of disagree i mean here's where where i think that uh the reason i think we have maybe different um descriptions at least Sean and i um is because i i think that yes i am like comparing this to just my general knowledge of of beat em ups i've played rather than Rather than looking back at most recent beat em ups we've played here, in which case, yes, I totally agree that this is closer to Turtles in Time than Bad Street Brawler was, or or some of these other beat em ups. But I still wouldn't. I'm not saying that this is what you were saying, but I still wouldn't consider this close to Turtles in Time at all. <laughs> Just because I, I I I did feel like maybe maybe we did have a different perspective on it, but I did feel like this game just. It feels like like a little more like, okay, I see this enemy. I know he's about to do this attack because of his pattern, so I'm going to move out of the way. And then I see this guy, and I'm gonna, but it's like I'm thinking about all that stuff. I'm, I'm, it's, I'm not just reacting. I, it's like a little more cerebral because it felt like it moves a little slower. Or like l- later in the game, I, I didn't finish it, but I got pretty far. I got to, this, I think, the pretty close to the last level. I didn't quite get to it. But um, later in the game, it's like three enemies come on screen, and I have to kick them all to like stop them from moving as soon as I start kicking them they don't move and I just got to kick them all 40 times <laughs> and then they'll die and I was just like this doesn't feel like I'm like I'm like jumping around trying to react and like uh, play a beat em up it sounds sure. really negative I, but... I think what what you're describing more is just like a uh like the difference between Tecmo Bowl feels more like Madden to me than NFL did and Tecmo Bowl and Madden have really nothing in common, but in terms of like the uh, like the flow of the game, it, it felt closer to it. And I guess I'm not saying that this is this is Turtles in Time, but it, but it shares a lot more of the the tropes that I associate with the genre, and it's really just more execution that separates them. And and I do agree with you on like the whole like sort of. Uh, fist sponginess of the enemies but i think that's more like a uh that isn't quite the same kind of difference that i would describe i i think then in that case i think we're on the same page i think we're yeah we're just like looking at it we're we're each comparing it to different things and then looking at it from that perspective you know beat-em-ups have this progression of 
locking the screen once you hit a certain point until you take out the enemies. And in Bad Street Brawler, I saw that as like a real problem as as like the the flow of that game. Here, I would agree that it takes an unnecessary amount of hits, uh, depending on, you know, if you're just punching the enemies. It does take a while to knock them out successfully. But for the most part, they don't fill the screen with, like, an unnecessary amount of enemies, and they find a creative ways to change up the enemies between, between levels, too. So I feel like there is, from a flow standpoint, it feels more like the arcade-style game where... You're moving, but you know you're moving pro- progressively, and things are getting harder. The stakes are getting bigger, rather than just and here's three more green guys, and then mm-hmm. here's three pink guys, and then here's three blue guys. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like it's like when we talk about platformers, like are they just throwing enemies anywhere, or do they think about who should come where and what's good game design? Uh, the one thing that I would say about um, the whole start and stop um, of it, and and the distribution of enemies is. Uh, that this is this is sort of a nitpick, but it just felt very awkward. Like how often and because I, when I when I think to to like the classic beat 'em up games, like there are very obvious like arenas. Like you're going to like the screen's going to stop and you're going to fight in this uh, in this alleyway, and it like there's sort of like an internal consistency as to like what this alleyway fight is going to look like, and then. You're gonna clear the stage, or the mini, like the the stage part, and you're gonna move forward, and then you can kind of guess that like oh something's gonna happen around here. Whereas in this one, yeah, in in POW, you're going to clear the area, and then you're gonna move like five feet, and then it's going to stop again because I just decided to throw an extra guy your way. I don't know if you guys felt the same way that it just felt a little inconsistent. Yeah, it even felt inconsistent in the regards that sometimes the screen, like, you would see enemies, but the screen wouldn't lock off. You could continue to skip them. <laughs> yeah, it's very strange decision-making. Uh, I don't know if it's just, like, like the uh, there's, like, a limit. Like, once it hits three enemies on the screen, then it will lock, or if like, it's something like that, or if it was actually authored that way. It just felt like there wasn't a lot of consistency there, yeah. Yeah, I agree. It was a little it was a little jarring sometimes where it's like, oh, I just went a long time without the screen locking. Now it just locked five times in a row and like I didn't get anywhere. And and that does it is a nitpick, but like it also like has a a very strong like correlation with the flow of the game, which like in a beat 'em up like the flow is kind of everything. Yeah. No, I hear you. And and I think that for me what it was that um that bothered me, and I, I realize I'm being very negative on the game. I don't think this is, I, don't, I, I, I don't have, I have positive thoughts about this game too. But um, just as we're talking about it, the one, um, <clears throat> the one thing that um, about that screen locking that threw me off a lot was, first of all, in order to move the screen forward, you have to be pretty far to the right as it is, yes. not giving you a lot of room to see in front of you. And mm-hmm. then when the screen locks, you know, you might end up even further to the right, like right up on it. And as soon as the screen unlocks. Now, that's the point where the screen moves, and you have to kind of like <laughs> backtrack in order to like get to a point where you can kind of see something. Very, it sounds like very much a nitpick. It did get a little annoying sometimes. It was like, I want to keep going, but like I got to kind of find the spot that's like the right spot. I and I know we're, we're getting into the weeds here, but I will agree and say that I think what happens is if you if the screen unlocks and you're already moving to the right. 
it will not unlock and allow you to keep moving forward until you like release the button and then press it again. That's sort of what I gathered. But we're yeah, it's it's this is a very specific thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a very specific thing that was noticeable a lot though. So I feel like if you play the game, you will notice it. Yeah, I think it's all good to get into this because we really are just talking about the combat here and all the various nuances that might go into that. Because I even wanted to bring up you only have punch, kick, and jump kick as your three attacks. And yeah, you can pick up a knife and you can pick up a machine gun and occasionally it lets you throw a grenade. But that's really like that's it. And I feel like going off of a game such as Double Dragon, they found creative ways to involve grappling and other types of attacks. Here, punch and kick are also just like less powerful than jump kick. So it's another one of these games. We had this before with a different uh, brawler. Maybe, Maybe it was Bad Dudes where... Jump kick is just the default best option if you can, you know, if you can land it because it's the most powerful attack. So why would you choose to like stun an enemy for longer with a punch when you can jump kick at them? Yeah, because the, it also creates space um, to deal because you're you're more than likely going to be dealing with several enemies at a time, and if you do the jump kick, you're you're guaranteed to knock them back, even when like a punch or a kick has a chance to knock them back, um, and. This is it's just an interesting thing when in this game, like th- there's this like the, it's like the opposite of power creep where at the beginning of the game, it feels very balanced where you kind of have an idea that this amount of attacks is going to down an opponent and this about an amount of debt. Sorry. And then this amount of attacks is going to uh, eliminate an opponent. And then just as you keep moving forward that number just keeps climbing and, and, and gets to the point, like how Joe said, you've got to kick or punch some guy and stun lock them for 40 hits before you, like you end it, unless you've got a gun. Um, and yeah, you, there is the power up for the brass knuckles to sort of, I guess, cut that number in half. But as the game goes on, the, the, the combat, which at first felt very natural, now feels very grindy. Yeah, and I mean, there are some standout moments too uh, you know just to get away from the negative talk for a minute i do feel like in stage two when i first saw the frogmen i think they're described in the manual but they're the divers who go underwater that was a really cool moment where you see them they're not just like visually popping up from the water first they enter the water and then they're like it's like where'd they go and then they slowly come out of the water it's not the most fair thing in the world because they could show up anywhere but it was a cool moment where all of a sudden it's a very tense situation between you and three known divers i agree with that and i think that that excuse me if you can't tell i'm i'm sick so if this is your first episode i don't (laughs) normally sound like this but um that kind of speaks to like i think this whole overall thing that they do right which is enemy variety which like we see enemy variety done on like a whole spectrum of like from from well done to poorly done but i think sometimes even when it's done well the different enemies are like not too different to deal with whereas in this case they're i I think they put a lot of thought into how to make these enemies like you have to think about them differently like these frogmen that are gonna it's like they come down okay you know they're there now you have to like it's basically like a reaction game for a second where you have to like wait see where they're gonna pop up and like try and react quickly before they get the jump on you 
And, and you know, that's a cool, different way of thinking about it. There are these other enemies that, like, jump around, and you have to, like, they, they, they take, like, one hit to kill, but you have to, like, kind of catch them where they're going to land. And, like, that's the only instance where that happens, but it just, like, it's a little breakup from just, like, oh, yeah, just punch this guy over and over again, you know? Even, like, the enemies with the knives, you have to approach differently than the enemies with the guns and stuff like that. So it's, like... I think they did a they did a uh, a good job with kind of keeping you on your toes with that stuff without making it like feel ridiculous. Yeah, I I, I do like the enemy variety that they have there, and and the like you've got gun guys, you got uh, the frogmen, which I think that just we're just gonna say divers because I don't the frogmen is just a very strange word. Um, um, the knife guys, the the motorcycle guys, which you're better off just like avoiding um unless you have a knife to throw and you want to get rid of um uh the grenade dudes like yeah there's a whole like five pointed triangle of like the 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 enemies you have to deal with and, and the skills that you have to use to dispatch them accordingly but i also think that their their boss fights are pretty well designed as well i don't know if we want to move on to that already let's move into that yeah so the very first boss that you fight um, I was I was a pretty big fan of because it's just a hell it's a huge helicopter. You fight a helicopter and um, it's odd to fight a he- helicopter as a mainly melee based uh he- hero, but um in in this situation uh th- there's several ways you can approach it. If you came prepared and you're still holding a gun, um, then you can kind of just like cheese it and destroy it. Well, uh, not really having to deal with anything else. Um, but if you were, you know, not prepared, um, and this is your first run through or whatever, uh, you will have to dispatch it another way. And the, the thing about this fight is that it's also going to continue to spawn enemies that have grenades and it will continue to do that forever. (laughs) Uh, I, I only mention that because the first time I fought this thing, I thought that I just had to dispatch all the enemies and I didn't know that my main target was the helicopter, so I was fighting it forever. Um, but then when you figure it out, like then you, you've got all these enemies dropping grenades when you just when you kill them, and now you're using those grenades to attack the helicopter. And I just really liked that whole like there's there's several ways to go about it, and also it's not just a punch until dead or shoot until dead situation. It's actually sort of built into like the the world of the game. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I thought I thought it was a really um it was a good like boss pattern too or like boss pattern combined with like the the means that it gives you to deal with the boss. That felt you know, I feel like a lot of these old, a lot of these older like NES games the 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 boss battles feel like they've aged very poorly because it is what you said. It is like okay, yeah, just shoot until it's dead and don't get shot. It's going to keep shooting at you. Not all of them, but a lot of them do that. And this one um, had a good pattern that you kind of. It had felt to more play. Metal Gear than like Metal Gear Solid, with like its very uh, uh, unique bosses, uh, as opposed to any number of games that we played on this system, where it's just you're going to keep doing what you've been doing. <laughs> There's a cool fight with. Um... It's like a giant, I'm going to describe, it seems like he's like a Russian wrestler, but he's also like one of those circus men. He just has like a huge stomach. Angel. And no shirt on. Is that, I, I, is that what it is? The, 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 the big round guy, correct? Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's Angel. It, okay, cool. He's got a name. Great. Yeah. Um, 
I like that fight because it's in an elevator and it's so it's very cramped corners and he's obviously this bigger, stronger, more intimidating dude than you, but you can't go anywhere. So you have to do the combat. And like, yeah, the combat's not the best in this game, but it's just another way that they tried to do a different kind of fight in this game where they didn't change any of the controls between levels or fights or anything like that. Yeah. No, it, it just like, yeah, putting putting these bosses in different settings, like different circumstances so that you can't, you're not just doing the same loop over and over. Like they're, they're, you're still adjusting to these new enemies. I, I appreciate that. And the manager at the end of the game, the one who's responsible for the war, um, I don't know if he is single-handedly responsible for the war, but I will say that he has a weird attack pattern where he seems to be just like another guy who just happens to also be like eight foot five. And he does front flips and back flips as his movement, like consistently, just nonstop. I'm not sure, like, if that was the best thing to, like, showcase as the final fight. Like, I'm sure it was tough to deal with that, but he doesn't, like, backflip any further. It's kind of predictable how far he will flip. It feels like almost when you um, when you deal with, like, a Mega Man or a, a Super Mario World uh, mini boss, you know, where, like, you like you learn their pattern pretty fast, and then it's like, okay, cool, I know where they're going to be. It, it didn't feel that, like climatic at the end after all these fights i mean you fight a tank at one point with your bare fist <laughs> yeah um i actually did not make it to the end of this game because of like sort of the difficulty curve um but uh i i have watched a video and it did look underwhelming <laughs> it is funny though to see this guy who is just like looks way too way too big to have any business being as acrobatic as he is <laughs> but he's like he's like jumping like a mile in the air doing backflips it's it's funny though too because like in the manual it describes the height and weight of every character in the game for some reason and it it like he actually is eight foot five or something <laughs> it it like it's not just like oh we made this sprite too big or whatever like, that's that's to scale that's classic uh, Sean you mentioned that the game gets tougher you know can you talk about that a little bit what about it gets tougher is it that the enemies have significantly more HP yeah. or that the, yeah, okay, go it's, it's it's almost 100% like an HP scaling thing. Like, and they're not like their attack patterns aren't getting like more elaborate. They're not that they don't like maybe they do cause more damage as well, but um it's really just everyone becomes a bullet sponge and I find that sort of to be a bit too artificial to be like oh there's a, like a skill curve. It's it's just you have to have the endurance and I guess the um, like combat awareness to be able to deal with all these like much more uh, enduring enemies. Um, so your 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 mode of play is probably going to change to more of like a like I guess like a crowd control sort of thing, but uh, where you're just going to sort of hit and run. I don't know how you guys uh, how you guys like changed your approach as the game went forward, but I I don't know. I I would have preferred the enemies to to become just harder in like harder harder to deal with just because they they had more of a move set and not just because they took more punches or kicks to get rid of. Yeah, especially because you know, like I said before, the the way that I sort of dealt with it was kind of the opposite of of hit and run, but it was definitely less fun <laughs> because i would like 
I would try and find ways to get like three enemies in one spot, and then your kick can kind of hit all three of them. And if as long as you just keep kicking, you've locked them. They're they're like, for the most part. I mean, once in a while they'll break out, but for the most part, they're stuck while you kick them for a really long time. <laughs> like it's, it's kind of boring. And then yeah, then sometimes like another enemy will come in, and you have to like think about that enemy. But like, that's not that's not a fun loop. Yeah, and I think the stun thing is a cool gameplay aspect because that you know it would suck if you know, you punch, they punch. We've seen games like that where it's just you and the enemy in a fist punching war, and whoever like happens to have more HP comes out the winner. It does help, but I would agree that not even just the the stun locks, but the when you hit them and they go flying, that should be when they're done. You know, like they're dead, and instead. Maybe it was designed for a crowd control kind of thing, but instead it's just like, I'm not having my eye on them any longer, but then sure enough, like they get back up and come right over to me again. And it's like, when does, when do I know whether they're dead or not? Because I'm also dealing with a bunch of other guys on the screen. Yeah. And then the weird thing about it is, is that I feel like usually when that happened, like when, when they go flying that first time and they're still alive, they just take one more hit after that. Oh, like, it's not even, like, that's, like, the halfway point, unless you guys notice differently. But I notice it's, like, the, uh, after, like, 20 hits, they go flying, and then they get back up, and, like, I'm like, oh, okay, round two. And it's just, like, one more hit, and they go flying again and are dead. Well, it's it's a stamina thing, right? It's like boxing when you get knocked down the first time, and then, you you know, you get the 10 count. When you come back up, if you take, like, another hit, you're going to go right back down. <laughs> that's true. That's true. <laughs> We've been talking mostly about the combat because that is what this game is. You know, at the, at the end of the day, there isn't like puzzles. There's barely any pickups. There are rooms that you go into to fight smaller batches of enemies to acquire pickups. But for the most part, this is the game. I wanted to ask you guys, just from a setting and, um, you know, thematic storytelling point of view, what'd you think of the actual like stages and the progression of the story? Did it feel movie-like and that it was getting bigger or was it just the same, you know, the same scenery over and over again? I mean, I think that the little cutscenes that are played between each level were, were charming. It's very eighties. It's very action movie. Um, I wouldn't say that it's all that uh, in- engaging in terms of like, what's going to happen next. Like, obviously you're going to win. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, I think there is some uh, there's some good like level variety. Like I mean, it's not in term it's not entirely unique. There's a jungle level, a uh, a prison level, a uh, I guess a like a indus- industrial level. Um, but there there's enough that it doesn't feel like everything is the same. It's just I've we've seen it all before in some other context. There is something weird here though about beat 'em ups for me personally that. We spent so much time talking about the combat, but in a game like Ninja Gaiden, we would have talked about the combat, and then we would have talked about so many other aspects of the same game, too. And beat-em-ups are just, like, one very honed-in, focused part of what essentially every NES platformer can also offer you. So, for me, what made Double Dragon stand out was the destructible environments and being able to, like, pick up objects that you found and stuff here you know other than like picking up a knife that they uh had in their hands that if you punch them and they you're they're lucky enough to drop it you can pick up that knife otherwise there's not like 
there's not a lot of interactability or even well there is um, one thing like go for it, it so uh, one thing that i would say that pow does to uh remove itself from just being a cookie cutter uh uh beat em up is that throughout each level you're going to find these little optional caves or uh con- shipping containers or whatever contextually they are but these little nooks that you can move off into that at the once you clear that space, you will get a power-up. And you're obviously sort of trading off the risk of losing HP or even losing a life by going into them because you're fighting an optional mob um, for the reward of either, like, brass knuckles or an ar- uh, an armor vest or whatever the third thing is. Um, and th- th- these all have very uh, useful attributes to them. Uh, and I, I think that that does make it unique in at least one way. No, and that's true because that wasn't in the arcade version. Yeah. Yeah, and, and those things, like, I think it's really, uh, it's a well-done risk versus reward because those some of those rooms are very difficult, but those power-ups are, 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 are worth it. <laughs> like, if you, can, if you can come out with the armor... Like that means any projectile will just bounce off of you for the rest of the level, or if, or when you lose your life. Like that's really that's really powerful, but it feels like a perfect. It's not like overpower overpowered because it's only projectile weapons, and it feels like a perfect balance of like it really does make me think when I come across those. Like there's some tough enemies in those sometimes in those little nooks. Um, so like I, I have to kind of decide on the fly like how worth it is is this. Um, you know, is this armor, and it's not always a no-brainer, which I think is is a great thing for for a game like this. On the arcade side, uh, I, I did play the arcade game because I heard good things about it. There are three special attacks that can be performed by pressing two of the buttons simultaneously. So there's a a jump kick, a back punch, and a headbutt. So there are three buttons. There's a kick button, a punch button, and a jump button. In this game, we don't get a separate jump button for the NES version, but you can still jump nonetheless with the jump kick. My point being here is, do you think that it's... um, do you think that it matters at all that, you know, we only had three options in this game, but even the arcade version kind of knew that that wasn't enough? Well, <laughs> you, you you actually can back punch in this game. And I didn't find out until like my last five minutes of playing this game that when I accidentally did it. But if you just hit the D-pad in the direction that you want to back punch and the punch button at like the, the perfect timing, he'll do like a backhand. Yeah. Uh, and I was able to discover that and use it like on purpose, <laughs> um, but it is a very niche use. Like there isn't, you're not always going to need to use that because you're probably going to position yourself in a way that has all of your enemies on the same side. Well, it also felt like it doesn't take enough time to turn around that it that it makes a back punch worth it. <laughs> like like the whole game, I was just someone comes up behind me, I just turn that way and punch. And then, like, one time I noticed I can back punch. And I'm like, but does this save me time even? I mean, I, it didn't even really seem like it. So it felt kind of arbitrary. And then one last thing about the game that I feel like we should talk about that I actually don't mind this in these video games 
is when the ending can't spell congratulations correctly. <laughs> We've seen it so many times now. And I know it's like, it's a joke and people usually like laugh about it and there's probably like a, coll- someone should make a coffee table book of all the mistranslations of congratulations or some kind of you win in video games because there's winner is you and stuff like that. I just feel like it's not that big of a deal, right? In 2022, like you see congratulations and you're like, whatever. Like I, I, it doesn't even feel like that big of a moment anyway because the screen just fades to black from the final boss fight and then you're randomly with some chick that I guess, I mean, hopefully you're back in, <laughs> you know, the US and you're with your lady or whatever and now there's the, you know, it's just like, I don't know. I didn't really care. It's done. It's done. Yes. Yeah. I mean, we've all, we we laughed about it throughout all of the aughts and now it's 2022 and like, it's, it's just not the joke anymore. (laughs) Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's fine. It's funny. It's like a chuckle moment, but it, I don't think we're, we're going to make a whole video about it. Like video game. I I feel like Mike, you brought that up to be like, all right, everybody grow up. <laughs> I, I think you know, congratulation could uh, that could be congratulation, like you've graduated from the game. Wow, maybe that's what they were trying to do. Just a mix, that wrong. yeah, portmanteau. Yeah, exactly. And I do plenty of those while we record these episodes. So I'm saying, don't make fun of people for the way they say or spell things. <laughs> I'm still gonna do it. Please do. <laughs> On the uh, sequels and spinoff side here, I just wanted to talk about um, the SNK 40th Anniversary Collection, something that we've mentioned a few times now. If you don't get the hint, it's a really nice collection on, I think, Switch, PS4, very well detailed, um, made by a lot of the people who actually work at the um, like video game preservation museum and uh, oh. and all that. Yeah, so it was a lot of love was put into that, but this game is playable there, both the NES version and the arcade version, so you can do like we did and switch between them and see the differences. But there are no actual like sequels or spinoffs to Prisoners of War, which at first I thought was strange, but SNK doesn't really even have that many beat-em-ups. So if you were into this game, the only other options really there for you are games like Burning Fight, Mutation Nation, Sengoku, and Street Smart are like the top SNK beat em up. Any of those. Yeah, I haven't heard of any of them either, but apparently Burning Fight is a really uh, good Neo Geo uh, beat em up oh. that SNK made. Okay. So that's my that's my like sequels and spin off section for you guys. Usually it's a lot more detailed. And this game kind of feels like because we've had so many games that are either you're rescuing prisoners of war or they're in a warlike setting like this, I, I just I feel like a lot of these games and tropes just kind of blend in together. So if this kind of game was for you, there's more than enough even on this system for you to continue to explore. <laughs> anyway, we're done with Prisoners of War. Would you say that that's true? <laughs> I'd, I'd say that that's... Well, don't we usually done do, with it. do something else? We usually do something else. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. We're not quite done. There's something that we do. Sean, what do we do? We take a look at the game code and see what we can like take out of it. Um, and and learn from it. Oh, right. I didn't talk about the memory mappers yet. Yeah, you need to talk about the memory mappers. Right, right, yeah. Oh, uh, no, you know what, though? That's not it either. Joe, what do we do at the end of an episode? <laughs> let, me, let me check my games list. What? No, you had your shot. 
All right, it's time for the essential games list. Sean, as always, you will go first. Yeah, sometimes, but that's that's fine. Um, I, I mean, yeah, we there. I think we did a pretty good mix of good and bad for this game. Um, again, great boss design. Uh, with like, even though a lot about the a lot about this game is kind of just trope central. Like we we've seen portions of this game everywhere it's not unique in kind of any way but when only we put all the pieces together this is like a, a pretty good game like i i would recommend this for um for for fans of beat-em-ups but it has enough wrong with it and those things that are wrong aren't just nitpicks like it does become a drag just to fight in this game about fighting so I can't put it on the essential games list, but I do think that it has a lot going for it. Yeah, I actually really enjoyed this game at first, and I'll even go as far as say it's better than its arcade, um, you know, original. Like, uh, yeah, that has two players, so that's definitely, like, if that's the kind of thing you enjoy. And I do think beat-em-ups are probably better with two players, or if you can even get games like X-Men or The Simpsons where you can have four Obviously, that's a, a different kind of experience. But just on the single-player level, I enjoyed the NES game more than the arcade version. And I thought this game was really serviceable until I went back to Double Dragon, our actual beat-em-up essential game. And you're allowed to have more than one in a particular genre. But it just seems like, you know, Double Dragon was so long ago now. And I feel like Prisoners of War tried to, you know, either, like, learn something from it but didn't take away like the right lessons and i i'm looking for that kind of game that improves upon double dragon because double dragon's like the super mario brothers of the beat-em-up genre for me right now of <laughs> it lays down the groundwork there's definitely room for improvement but i feel like these kinds of games where it doesn't have all of the checkboxes that double dragon fulfills it's like they can't quite make it there yet because they are a little outdated now you know they don't have enough going for them in 2022 and that's ultimately what the essential games list is about so i agree with sean i think it's a play it for fans of beat-em-ups but if you're looking for like games that you must play i don't think it's quite there what about you joe well yeah right out of the gate i'm going to say that um i, I definitely agree that it's at least a play it um it, it you know it's it, it's got some like it's the enemy variety um just the the boss designs and everything it's got some it, it does things it does a lot of things well but the 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 thing that it that it immediately comes down to for me as far as putting on the essential games this is actually what i what i brought up at the beginning which is something about this game just doesn't feel like it's action-packed enough or like not that it has to be action-packed but like as far as a beat 'em up goes. I, I I want it to be reaction based. I want to be excited, and and I'm just not getting that out of this. And <clears throat> that coupled with some of the other things you guys mentioned, like um, like how later in the game people just become these these bullet sponges. It it feels like it's funny. I've been kind of like I keep flirting with this same phrase the last few times something has been uh like we've been talking about essential games of like. The idea that it, it, this game didn't do anything wrong, it just didn't like do anything right enough. And I, and I think like to to boil that down a little more is that like I'll say that it it didn't age well, not in the sense that like wow it's it's so broken now because like we didn't know how to make good game controls back then, 
it, it it's more that it's like just games in this genre have gotten more fun since in my opinion it, not even like very recently like even just probably you know a few years after this or like you know super nintendo days i think about playing that and i'm I, I, they they learned to get to be more fun you know in a way that like this game probably wasn't doing anything wrong, but it just isn't at that level yet because it doesn't have the experience from the past to draw on or, or something. So in the end, I think that this game was is fun in the context of when it came out. And it and it's still fun enough now if you want to go back and, and play a beat 'em up and just have a good time, but but not fun enough to be on the essential games list. All right, and there you have it. Three no's, but also three play it's. So take that for what you will. Uh, definitely, you know, I was surprised by the game just because SNK has had a uh, mixed output on the NES so far. Next week, we will be playing the opposite of a beat-em-up in Sesame Street ABC. I, I can't think of anything further away from... <laughs> Big hype. Yeah, exactly. We played Sesame Street 1, 2, 3... They uh, decided to skip four, five, six, and go right to ABC. We'll see how it is, and um, you know, I'm sure it'll be a much heated discussion, just like how one, two, three was. Now, if you're saying, "How could that have had a heated discussion?" You guys are going to waste my time. We're not going to waste your time because, trust me, if you go back to that Sesame Street one, two, three episode, that could have been the last episode of the podcast. <laughs> I don't know if me and Sean have ever fully. Uh, talked about that after the record, you know. No, no, no. we don't want to. You don't want to bring up bad blood. Exactly. Well, so get ready for next week. Sesame Street one two three is essential listening uh, <laughs> to prepare for next week's Sesame Street ABC. In the meantime, if you're looking for even more nostalgia, don't forget about the Twitter at NostalgiaCast or the website NostalgiaCast.com. If you want even more than that, God bless you, because we actually have a Patreon uh, account now, and we have another show on there called Nostalgia Bites, where we do Famicom uh, games. We have five episodes of that so far, so as soon as you join, you get access to five new episodes of Nostalgia that you have never heard anywhere else, and all sorts of other goodies, too. We were giving away stickers, we, we talk about what we've been playing, we have a private Discord. Think about that. You know you want in on that. If you said right now, hard pass... Just tweeted us telling us which one of us you don't like enough <laughs> that you would rather not be on the Discord with us. And we'll leave. And and tell me why it's me. No. Like, I'm trying to, to practice self-improvement. I'm trying to become a better person. Sesame and, Street and, can also teach you about those things, Sean. But I got to get through the ABCs first. Yeah. Right. Also, <laughs> ABCs first, being a good person second. <laughs> Wait, speaking of which, though, like you said that that they skipped four, five, six and went straight to ABC. Did you expect them to go through all the numbers before they went to letters? At least through like nine, eleven, twelve. Nine, eleven. I would 12? say even to no even 10? to zero. You know, <laughs> Sesame Street one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, and then Sesame Street zero being like the reboot of yeah. the series. <laughs> I don't even remember Sesame Street zero missing ten. Uh, anyway. <laughs> Uh, bye. <laughs>